thank you to Kenneth Copeland Ministries for sowing the airtime for this broadcast. There's enough power in every sick room and in every hospital room to raise up that sick one that may be describing you. You may be in a sick room. You may be in a hospital room. And I want to remind you, power is present. That power is there to do a work. Believe in what's present, not try to get something, but notice that he's already made it yours. It's present right where you're at. Say, I receive that power. I receive that power. I receive it right now. I receive it right now. From the top of my head. the top of my head. To the soles of my feet. The soles of my feet. Welcome. We're so glad you're joining us today for Jesus the Healer. We have been having a good time here around the Word, and I'm so thankful at the direction that the Spirit of God led me in teaching on the direction of the mind. I tell you what, uh, when we're skillful in our thought life, it turns everything easy. And uh, So we've been using as our golden text this verse in 2 Timothy chapter 1 and verse 7. Paul wrote this to Timothy and he said, For God has not given us the spirit of fear, but he has given us power or authority. He has given us love, his love. And he's given us a sound mind. (laughs) Just know that's yours. Refuse to have less than a sound mind. And uh, the word tells us in the Amplified Translation, it says that a sound mind is a calm mind. It is a well-balanced mind. It's a disciplined mind and it's a controlled mind. So that means that uh, we have a part to play. We have a part to discipline our thought life. To enjoy a sound mind, we have to control our thought life. Amen. You can't just let your mind run anywhere and think it's going to arrive at peace. You have to, you have to choose what you allow into your thought life because worry, anxiety, offense, uh, unforgiveness, all of these things will break the mind down because the mind was not built to conduct these things. And so it'll break it down. And I I love what we read in, well, what we read in Romans chapter 12 and verse 2. Paul was writing and he says, Be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by what? By the renewing of your mind. So notice this, you can be born again and still not be living a transformed life. How do you live a transformed life? One way, you renew your mind. You bring your thoughts in line with God's thoughts. You take on His way of thinking. If the way you think is in opposition to what He says, you lay down what you think and you take on what He thinks. Amen. That's called renewing of the mind. And your mind's not renewed until you're doing it. Until you're doing the Word. Until you've got that Word moving in your everyday life. That's when you can say, I'm making progress in the renewing of my mind. And John says it this way. We're going to read in 3 John in chapter 1 in verse 2. This is the way John words it. He said, Beloved, I wish above all things that thou mayest prosper and be in health. Now look at the next phrase. Even as thy soul prospereth. 
So what's he talking about? The prospering of the soul. The same thing Paul was talking about, the renewing of the mind. They're talking about the same thing. John shows us specifically that our prosperity and our health is linked to our thought life. That we renew our minds. And uh, so many people are endeavoring to get healing, lay hold of healing or lay hold of prosperity. But I would say this, lay hold of renewing the mind. Lay hold of prospering the soul because to the measure or the degree that your soul prospers is the measure of degree of healing and prosperity you'll enjoy. So uh, instead of making healing your focus, make renewing the mind in healing focus, your focus. Make, instead of making prosperity your focus, make the focus renewing my mind regarding prosperity. Amen. It's the thought life. It's not about going and getting more money. It's about thinking right about more money. <laughs> it's not about trying to get someone to lay hands on you for healing, which that's, pro- that's perfectly appropriate. But we need to think right about what Jesus taught us about our health. Amen. And when we think right, we'll enjoy right. Um, the devil can only work through wrong thinking. When you think right, the devil has no entrance. That's why he attacks the thought life to try to get you to lower or sway you off the word in your thinking. Try to inject wrong thoughts into your thought life because he can only work through wrong thinking. When right thinking is in place, he can't work. Why? Because right thinking is thoughts of the word and and thoughts of the word give him no access. Amen. Um, Now in Ephesians chapter 4, in verse 27, Paul tells us something that is so critical for us to understand. He says in Ephesians 4, verse 27, neither give place to the devil. Now, why does the devil try to inject wrong thinking? He's trying to get a place in us. He's trying to get a place in our thought life. Why? Because if he can get a place in our thought life, then he can get a place in other arenas of our life because we'll think wrong. And uh, the devil cannot take a place in us. Now, that's, you have to know is a huge statement. Mm-hmm. You are redeemed from the curse of the law. You're not under a curse. Right. But Paul warns us, now don't give place to the devil. Mm-hmm. Don't give place to his thinking. Don't give place to what he's endeavoring to inject into your thought life. So it says neither, look at the word, neither give place place to the devil. Notice he can only give him a place. He can only take a place that we give him. He cannot take a place unto himself. And I heard sister Gloria Copeland say this years ago, and it blessed me so much. She said, the devil cannot do to you anything he wants to do anytime he wants to do it. If he could, why would he have to threaten you? Why didn't he just do it? Why does he Work on the thought life because he knows he can't do anything he wants to do until he can get your until he can get uh, an access mm-hmm. through the way you think. Mm-hmm. So the devil cannot take a place in him, but we can give him a place. Mm-hmm. One way we give him a place is thinking wrong, mm-hmm. taking his thoughts after him, refusing or failing to renew our minds with the Word of God. Mm-hmm. We'll give him a place. Mm-hmm. Now, if we gave him a place, now this is the good news. 
because we can all recognize there's been times I've given place <laughs> to wrong thinking. I've given a place to the devil just through thinking wrong and it opened up all kinds of problems on my life. Well, uh, that doesn't have to be your future. If you gave him a place, you can take it back. Why? Because you have the if you have the authority to give it to him, you have the authority to take it back. And you do have the authority to take it back. Amen. As we renew our minds with the word of God, we run out wrong thinking. Listen, you got to run wrong thinking out. And it's right pouring in right thinking. The thoughts of the word is what runs out wrong thinking. You can't just get rid of wrong thinking by picking it out. You got to pour in right thinking and the right thinking washes out. Amen. Moves out the wrong thinking. And our greatest defense against our enemy our greatest defense against any strategy that he would use against us is a renewed mind. That's our greatest defense. Because if he can't get you thinking wrong, he cannot get in. He cannot. He cannot. A renewed mind will not give place to him. Amen. I want to I tell about a dream that I had uh, some time ago. There were some symptoms that I was uh, taking a stand against. And uh, one night when I went to bed, um, I had a dream. Now, can, let, let me go off track here for a minute. And I want to tell, I want to real quickly address how do you know if a dream is from God? Because some people become unsound about their dreams. And the devil will use that to trouble your life. Anytime God has given me a dream, number one, the anointing was on me when I woke up. Why? His presence was there as an influence, number one. Number two, no matter what the dream showed me, there was not one ounce of fear with it. You understand that? Even if God was to show me a war give me a warning in a dream, there's no fear in it. No fear. Number three, I know the meaning. If those three things are not in place, God's not speaking to you through, through that dream. Number one, how do you know if a dream is from God? is the anointing will be on you. Number two, there will not be one ounce of fear. Number three, you'll know the meaning. If you don't know the meaning, don't, I just set it aside. I wouldn't even touch it in my thought life. If you got to run around and ask somebody what it means, uh, God's intelligent. You're intelligent. He can get it over to you. And if you don't know what it means, that's not the intelligence of God. So, <laughs> you know, you have to help people because the devil, they'll have some, they'll have a vivid, just because a, a dream is vivid <laughs> doesn't mean it's, it's from God because the, the devil can also do that and trouble people's lives. So I just want to say that for the record. Okay. So I had this dream and in the dream, I was laying in a lawn of green grass and I was just laying back in the lawn and looking up at the sky and I don't know why, but in the dream, it's not that I heard something, I didn't hear anything. But in the dream, I just slowly turned my head to the left. I just rolled my head over like this. And the moment I did, there was the head of a serpent. And he was, when I turned, he wasn't at a distance. He was right here. I mean, he was, he was right here ready to pounce. This, when I, in the dream, his head was not the size of, you know, most snakes that you'll see, maybe this width. It was a, over a foot, about a foot, a foot and a half wide. 
a massive head of a serpent. And he was right here, my, 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 my reflex at that moment was to turn away, but he was so close, I didn't have time to turn. I thought that he was, because he was coming right at my face, I thought he was going to, in this dream, attach to my face, but he didn't. He went up and clamped onto my head. What was that a sign? He's after the thought life. He wants to insert himself through the thought life. The moment, now I didn't feel any pain or anything with this, but the moment this thing clamped on my head, I was lifted up out of my body in the dream. I was lifted up out of my body and I looked back down on my body and because his head was so massive, so intimidating in the size. Can you imagine seeing a head of a serpent that large? It was intimidating. But when I was lifted up out of my body, because that's all I could see was the front of that head. But when, when I was lifted up out of my body and I saw the whole thing, ah, there was the revelation. It was the head of a serpent, but the body was torn off. And it wasn't cut clean. It was jagged. It was shattered. Jesus spoiled principalities and powers. I mean, he did not just do a clean job. He shattered, shattered him. And God was showing me, don't be concerned about the thoughts, reject the thoughts. It is a defeated, shattered enemy. Amen. He was after you to get you to think wrong. See, because in that frontal view of him, he looked intact. He looked intimidating. He looked overwhelming. But when in reality I saw the whole thing, I saw, oh, that thing's all tore up. <laughs> Jesus tore him up. Amen. Tore up. <laughs> From the floor up. Tore up. <laughs> Amen. He wants you to think he's intact. But he's destroyed. I said, he is destroyed. And you say, okay, if the enemy is defeated, then why do I have to deal with him? Because he's not yet been imprisoned. But one day he'll be imprisoned and he'll be cut, cut off from human contact. Amen. Amen. But it doesn't matter that he's not yet imprisoned. Our authority over him is total. And his defeat is complete. And we are not trying to fight him and defeat him. We are enforcing that we know he is a shattered being, a destroyed being. I mean, whatever defeated him, whatever power, we know it's a power of God, did not do just a clean job. It just tore him to shreds. It was a thrill to see. (laughs) Absolute thrill. And thank God when you, when you take on the thoughts of the word, you don't get deceived by any, any circumstance that tries to intimidate you. By any circumstance that looks large. When I was lifted up out of my body and I saw him in total, I saw his total being there. There was nothing left of him. There was no length to him. It was simply the head. It was simply the threat there was no body to carry out the threat. How, then how does he carry out things when we give him the authority 
or the thoughts, our thought life, mm -hmm. then we give him access. Mm -hmm. Amen. Yeah. Hallelujah. I so appreciate that the word, when you have renewed mind, you think right about these things, who you are in Christ. People who struggle with self-image need to fortify who they are in Christ. Amen. Amen. What belongs to you because you're in Christ and what can be done, what you can do and what can be done through you because you're in Christ. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I was watching Brother Copeland again just recently. He told one of, one of my favorite testimonies that he tells about himself personally that when he got born again, he still had this smoking habit, this addiction. And he would endeavor to, you know, he's using the faith he has and he's throwing out, he, he, he's repelled by it, you know, and he's throwing out cartons and cases of, of cigarettes and then he realized, I need a cigarette. And so he'd turn around and go back and get it out of the trash can or out of the ditch where he threw it in the ditch. But then one day he went and spent, he, was, uh, he attended a, a meeting that lasted a week and he was in the meetings all day long and for a week and he got in the car after having sat under the word all those hours that week and he looked up and there was a case of cigarettes right there on his sun visor and he realized the desire for it, the appetite was gone. And it wasn't gone because he tried to get rid of it. It was gone because he poured the word in. Yeah. And I love the way he says it. He said, the word separated me. I didn't have to get rid of it. The word separated me. The word will separate you from wrong thinking. You understand that? The word will separate you from fear. The word will separate you from depression. The word will separate you from premature death. The word will separate you from anything that harasses and troubles your life. Amen. There is a, a woman that her name was Lillian B. Yeomans, and she was a medical doctor. Her parents were medical doctors, and she was a practicing physician. And uh, <clears throat> her, her medical practice was so um, demanding that she couldn't keep up with it physically. She was getting too tired, wearing down, so she started taking morphine to help her through that time. And uh, before long, she realized, I'm a drug addict, full-blown drug addict, morphine addict. In fact, she's, and along with others, it wasn't just morphine she took, it was other uh, strong drug. She said, at one point, I was taking a dosage that was 50 times what would kill a grown man. 50 times that amount of what would kill a grown man. And she realized, I'm an addict. Well, the first thing she did is she came back to God. She got her fellowship with God back intact, in place. She came, returned to Him. Uh, she would listen to ministers. She would have different ones minister to her. But she said the, uh, the effects of that drug on the mind, uh, her mind was so unsound. She would have horrible hallucinations. She would see things because her mind, it affected the mind. Her mind was out of her control. And so different ones would minister to her and I, she would receive a measure of help in that. But she was still having all these symptoms. 
you can imagine. And really, the doctors gave her up. They said no one has ever been uh, addicted as far and as long as you have and ever survived it. And so she just took her Bible and she started reading through the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Those are the books that record Jesus' earthly ministry. And she wed through and she would emphasize and focus and meditate on the healing passages. And she says, all day long, I would just sit and read on those and feed on those. And I would meditate on them and I would speak them to myself. And I would insert myself into those verses. And she said, I'd do that all day long. And then the next day I'd do it again. And the next day I'd do it again. Listen, when freedom is what you're interested in, be consistent toward the word. Many times people go, I don't know why I'm troubled. You have to be consistent with the word. You know, the, the, the word tells us in Proverbs 4 that the word is medicine to all our flesh. It's health and medicine to all our flesh. Well, you can't take one dose of any medicine and have lasting results. For medicine to work, you've got to stay on it. Well, the word is medicine. It's the medicine God prescribes. The word is his medicine that he prescribes and you have to stay on it. You have to stay consistent with it. And so she said after, after days, what was it? She was giving an all out attention, an all out effort toward the word. And as she did, she said, it dawned on her after several days. She said, oh, my symptoms are gone. And she says, I don't even know when they left. Why? Because the word washed it away. When did the word wash it away? When the word was her attention. When her symptoms were no longer her on, her attention was no longer on her symptoms. But now her attention's on the word. What your attention is on is what's going to get movement in your life. And this is where people, this is where, where we talk about renewing the mind. Get your attention on his word. And as you get your attention on his word, the word separates you, cleanses you. Amen. Remember what Jesus told his disciples in John, I believe John 15. He said, you're made clean through my word. Mm-hmm. You're made clean through my word. And he said, you're now clean through the word. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you pour in the word. I love the, another testimony. Dr. A.B. Simpson was a wonderful minister and he, uh, he pastored for years, and in his mid-40s, he, uh, he's a man of previous generation. But he, in his mid-40s, he worked long hours and didn't rest properly and broke his body down, and he started having heart condition. The doctors said, uh, I think, you know, they said he, he won't live much. They told him he won't live much longer. And at that time, he didn't really have light or revelation on divine healing. But he had had congregation members who had attended other meetings and received healings in other meetings. So he began to study for himself on divine healing. And he went out to a cabin out of town and he just locked himself up with the Word and went through the Word to find out what did the Word say on it. What's he doing? He's renewing his mind. He's renewing his mind in the area of healing. And at the end of about two weeks of feeding on the healing word, he writes in the leaf of his Bible, in the covers of his Bible, he said, I see that healing is as much a part of redemption as salvation is. So he said, I received 
my salvation by faith. I receive healing by faith. Therefore, I believe I'm healed. Well, he was, word had spread that he was in the area. So some Bible school students came up and they asked him, they said, Dr. Simpson, they said, uh, would you come and preach for us? And they said, he said, I will. And he went and preached on Jesus the healer. That himself, out of Matthew 8, 17, himself took our infirmities and bare our sicknesses. And then he told his testimony about him, him accepting and receiving Jesus as his healer and how he believed he was now healed of heart condition. And they came up and they asked him, they said then, would you like to go on a mountain hike? On a hike, we're going to climb up a mountain here. And he said the first thought was, oh no, I can't even walk up a couple of steps without, you know, getting dizzy and losing my balance and my heart giving me problems. And he said, but no, I remember Jesus is my healer. And he had faith for that. He said, I'll go with you. So as he's going up, he uh, realizes that he's having heart symptoms. Head starts swimming. And then he, when he did, he just turned his attention off his body and turned it back to the Word, and all the symptoms calmed down. He did that all the way up. He said there was a challenge all the way up. But he said, when I got to the top of that mountain, every heart condition was gone and I never suffered again. He said it was though a lion was walking on one side and a lamb on the other. And the one that I touched is the one that possessed me. Listen, what you touch in your thought life is what's going to take movement in your life. Amen. Thank God for the word. Touch the word in your thought life. If you touch troubling thoughts, it'll cause all kinds of difficulty. But if you just keep the water of the word flowing in, it'll flush out and separate you from troubling thoughts. Um, those of us who are on Victory Channel, we are here at the generosity of Kenneth Copeland Ministries. I tell you, to be able to share the word with you and for you to be able to sit and feed on this word, what an honor. What a delight, what a thrill, but what a privilege. So I want to invite you, if you're not yet, become a partner with Kindacopa Ministries because that keeps funding programs like what you're seeing here with Jesus the Healer. I tell you, I so appreciate this wonderful seed they've sown of giving us this airtime that we can come into your home. So I invite you, consider, pray about becoming a partner if you're not already. Because I tell you what, these things that you're hearing mean life and death. It can mean the life and death between somebody. And so we invite you, become a partner if you're not already. Amen. Amen. Uh, some of the things that we've shared with you today are in this book, A Sound Disciplined Mind. And... Uh, I want you to be able to get hold of it, feed on it, read it ongoingly, drive it into your spirit. Amen. You can go to our website at DufresneMinistries.org and get a copy of this today, and it'll be a blessing to you. Amen. Hallelujah. Aren't you thankful for a sound mind that belongs to you? And so we want you to remember, Jesus is the healer. God bless you. To watch or listen to today's message and other messages by Nancy Dufresne, visit DufresneMinistries.org. Please join us for our Dufresne Ministries Miracle Crusade in Georgetown, Texas at Church on the Rock, September 4th through the 8th. Come expecting your miracle. For more information, visit our website at DufresneMinistries.org. Nancy Dufresne teaches how to close the door to worry, 
fear, and doubt in this book about the peace of God. Order this book now at DufresneMinistries.org. We trust you've enjoyed this message. Visit us at DufresneMinistries.org to learn of our upcoming meetings, share your testimony, submit a prayer request, or visit our online store. Thank you to the friends and partners of Dufresne Ministries for making this production possible.